into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. It was a rare occurrence over the weekend as we saw both the football and basketball teams in action, and at the exact same time, no less. And you had two completely different outcomes, which we need to discuss. We will start with the football game and then transition over to basketball as we break down what we saw from the Cats against UofL and look ahead to their matchup with the LSU Tigers. And when you look at the Music City Bowl, Kentucky and Iowa, it's the Hawkeyes who are able to blank the Wildcats by a score of 21-0 and end the Wildcats' four-game win streak in bowl season. It was a defensive struggle throughout as many expected, with teams combining for a grand total of 20 first downs and 18 punts, and the game was really decided with just a few plays. Iowa had one touchdown drive in the second quarter to make the game 7-0, which was followed up with two thrown pick sixes by quarterback Destin Wade of Kentucky, which ultimately sealed the deal. There was a lot of optimism with him coming into the game, but the Iowa defense proved to be too much, and while the score may indicate a failure by the Wildcats, I'd contest that notion. There were a lot of good things the Cats did on Saturday, and this team got better by playing the Iowa Hawkeyes. The future is bright with lots of young talent and a couple of exciting transfers coming in for next season. Sam, Am I crazy for thinking that coming off the heels of a season in which we struggled to score points, compounded by a bowl game in which we scored zero, to think that there is hope and optimism and a clear path to a bright future next season? Yeah, thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. Happy 2023, y'all. It's good to be back and rolling. We have officially sunsetted the Kentucky Wildcats football season, and we obviously are heating just up into conference play with the Kentucky Wildcats basketball season. AJ, I will answer you with this. You are crazy, but you are not crazy for that takeaway against the Iowa Hawkeyes. So there's nothing you can can do to fix that. That's just because you have a good take here but it's unrelated, so we won't go and discuss further. But, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's difficult to sit here and say there's a lot of good to take away from a 21-0 loss, AJ. I mean, it's tough. You, last time I checked, you have to score to try to win any sporting event. Um, nonetheless, a, a bowl game against, you know, a, a Hawkeyes team that you were able to take care of business the year prior. Like you said, we were on the verge of five straight bowl win seasons unfortunately that comes to a screeching halt i think 
the biggest struggle I'm having, AJ, is with a struggling year that the Kentucky Wildcats found themselves in. I think we all agree that it would have been extremely nice to put a cherry on top of our season and go into the off season to next year with a W where we can say, you know, there's a lot to build from. And unfortunately we're not sitting in those seats. We're, we're actually across the way and we're saying, darn, now we are just one win over 500. We go seven and six on the season. We do not secure a bold W in the music city bowl game. And you know, there's, there's a lot to take away, but you're right. There's definitely some optimism. I mean, when I look at this team, AJ, the biggest things that I'm taking away from this bowl game that I hope I can shed some light to for our listeners here today is our defense and our young defense stepped up big time. The, the 21 to nothing score doesn't reflect what our efforts did defensively. I mean, AJ, we only gave up one touchdown, which was more in respect to the fact that the Iowa Hawkeyes got the football in our territory of the field and had great field position and were able to put together one short drive for a quick score. They were able to utilize their tight ends, which gave us a lot of trouble tackling and they're able to punch one in the end zone. And, and unfortunately for us, you know, a couple of mistakes here and there with those two pick sixes, AJ, we're never really able to move the ball all the way down the field and answer that bell. But you take those two pick sixes away, AJ, we're looking at a, game drive of Iowa's offense of turnover on downs, punt, punt, touchdown, punt, 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 turnover on downs, end of game. It's not like our defense didn't do absolutely everything they could, AJ. They stepped up big time. We saw a lot of young players make some big time plays. They didn't convert a third down all game, AJ. Third or fourth down all game. I mean, I've honestly never even heard of that before. That's that's incredible that they were able to even come away with a W against this Wildcats team. But unfortunately, that's more and due to our inability to move the ball. Obviously, like we said in our preview, AJ, we thought Destin Wade would get majority of the snaps. He absolutely does. And unfortunately, it does not flourish into something that we can be proud of. However, he showed flashes to me, AJ, that are keeping me optimistic for the future because we obviously know Devin Leary stepping in next year and he's going to be running the show. But I think Dustin Wade gives us an ability down the road to potentially develop what he has in that raw potential. I mean, he's got some arm strength, AJ. We saw his inaccuracy at times, obviously with two pick sixes, but he finishes 16 for 30, 98 yards, two interceptions, obviously. But what he was able to do for that offense at times with his legs was extremely exciting. I just wish we could have married it with a more effective run game, almost like we used to do when we didn't have a quarterback in the state of Kentucky and we were running almost a wildcat offense for an entire season, AJ, and Lynn Bowden being our quarterback. This kid has a better arm than Lynn Bowden, that's for sure, AJ. So that's something to look forward to. I think next year they continue to let him develop with second-string reps, and hopefully we can get to a point where, you know, we could use him not only two years out, but maybe next year in some critical down-to-go situations because of what he can pose as a threat with his legs. Rushing game was obsolete. Obviously, we just had McLean go with 
10 carries for 40 yards, basically. It, it was not much to write home about, but we also know that we are addressing that concern next year with transfers. So for me, AJ, a lot of what has to be taken away that can keep me positive, I guess, is, is everything to do with our defense. Because obviously right now our offense is going to be completely different. We had an inability to get the ball into our playmakers' hands like we discussed prior in the preview, AJ. I mean, yeah, sure, we got the hand, the ball into the hands of Dan Key a few times for six receptions. But unfortunately, we continued to miss on the deep threat, which was kind of the only thing that could have kept Iowa a bay because they were able to just creep down and down and down with their safeties and their nickels, AJ, because they knew we couldn't hit the deep ball. And they were trusting that their cornerbacks would be able to play one-on-one coverage and that our quarterback couldn't hit the deep ball. And unfortunately, that's exactly what transpires. And had we hit one or two of those, I mean, I know I was not the only one sitting on the couch, AJ, on Saturday saying, geez, if we just had Will Levis, there's no question in my mind we win that bowl game. And that's nothing to do with me trying to put shame to Will Levis. I agree with his decision. And, you know, if that's another discussion, then we can have that discussion. But I'm, I'm not mad at him whatsoever. It was just one of those scenarios where like, darn it, AJ, you know, we are just one deep ball away from really blowing this thing open and making Iowa you know, play deeper coverage on us and then opening up a little more holes in the middle for our run game and for some of those short down-to-go slants that we were running. But unfortunately, that does not transpire. Kentucky gets blown out. It's the Music City Bulls' first, if I'm not mistaken, zero show from an opponent in the bowl game history. So that's really unfortunate that we fall on the wrong side of history there. But All in all, I I don't think you're crazy, AJ. I have to agree with you. There's a lot of good that can be taken away. This was a team that honestly wasn't the team that's going to be on the field for us next year. And I almost hate to say it, but it also also wasn't the team that we put out this year just because of the circumstances we were up against with some of the players not being eligible to be able to play in our bowl game. So I I know every team, AJ, kind of has to deal with that, and you have to – rise over that hurdle and say hey we can win because we're a good team despite some of the shortcomings that we're having during bowl season but unfortunately we can't get over that hurdle and let's let's give credit where credit's due I mean that Iowa Hawkeyes defense is for real and with the offense we were able to put on the field that just was not going to be enough clearly but what jumps out at you to say okay I'm not crazy y'all this is what I'm taking away that's positive into next season. Yeah, Sam. And <clears throat> I'll start with the defense because you brought it up. And I think that is the number one thing is, you know, Sam, let's rewind to the, the beginning of the season before the football season even started this year. And we talked about some of the players up front on the defense within the defensive line and in the linebacking core. And we were very excited about what we had at those positions. And we talked about the secondary being a position that we were questionable about. We didn't know how it was going to go. We really needed some guys to step up and, and take on those roles. And that's exactly what happened. And so you saw a Kentucky defense that catapulted itself into that top 15, 25 range of defenses in all of college football. And then 
you know, you see the 21 nothing score, but you alluded to it, Sam, all of the good that our defense did. The only reason they really got that touchdown and that momentum with those plays with the tight end, Sam, is like you said, at that point in the game, we were punting back and forth. The field position gets changed, and now they have a short field. They make a couple passes, boom, touchdown. Outside of that, they did not move the ball. And I understand that Iowa was playing with a backup quarterback themselves, but they couldn't move the ball whatsoever. And, Sam, the best thing about all of that is – we had a lot of young guys on the field, and you you take this experience, you learn from it, and now you have a really good core of that defense coming back. And you know we'll we'll talk about it more as we head into next season over the over the off season. But you know I think I think you're really looking at a group who's poised and ready to take that next step even and to become one of the elite defenses in all of college football, being able to handle some of the better offenses in the country, limit them under what they're expected to, and really give this Kentucky Wildcats team a chance to win some of these bigger games in the future. So that was what really stuck stuck out to me and, and what gave me a lot of confidence and motivation into what's into the future. And then when you look at the offensive side of the ball, Sam, I understand. We didn't move it. It was ugly, but let's go back and let's look at that very first drive, okay? Get some runs. We're playing okay. Boom. Destin Wade hits a big pass over the middle, an absolute dart. I think it was um, to Dane Key, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I texted you right away. I said, bang, wow, what a what a throw. He's got a cannon, man. And you, you talked about it. The accuracy was not there. But, guys, we're talking about a kid who has not played at the collegiate level yet. Not one game, okay? He was redshirted all year. He wasn't even the backup, so he didn't get a chance to play. He comes in, and hey, guess what? Your first college football game, buddy, you're going to face a top-five defense in all of college football, mind you, who's playing all of their key players and starters from their season. They don't have guys opting out. So good luck. Have fun with that. And by the way, the whole fan base is, is going to get mad if you don't put up points. So, And you also don't have a offensive coordinator to help you with play calls. And we obviously have our assistant coach stepping up to make the calls there. Yep. So it's it's you're asking a lot uh, and you're putting Destin Wade in a position where <laughs> – you're almost setting them up to fail in that moment. But what I took away from it was, Sam, you saw the mobility with his legs, right? You saw some of the passes that he's already able to make. And you alluded to it, Sam, but there were two deep balls to Barry and Brown. And they get missed by a couple inches here, a couple inches there, right? And you connect on those passes. We have a different football game, and people are saying a lot of different things about the play of Destin Wade. Did he make some very costly turnovers and mistakes? Yes, he did. Like I said, take it for what it is. He's playing against a very elite defense and they put him in a position on those long third downs where he thought hey I got to make a play for our team instead of just taking the sack or throwing it out of bounds and Sam the best part about it and I I I said this in my opening we got better Destin Wade got better as a football player from playing in that game he got to grow up and learn 
in real time right there. This is what happens when you don't take care of the football and you do the wrong things is it ends up in the back of your end zone and you lose the ball game. And so you, you talked about it with Devin Leary coming in next season, assumed to be the starting quarterback unless there's injuries or something crazy. But next year is a real opportunity for Destin to grow while being the backup. He may be called into action at some point. You never know. With injuries and the way that things work, he could get thrown and thrust into that starting role at, at, at the drop of a hat. And so he needs to continue to get better and to work. And like you said, Sam, maybe next year you see him in some wildcat packages. You see him out on the field for some different plays and uh, things of that nature. But with the one year of Devin Leary, Seeing Dustin Wade play as a young, young kid, knowing he has many years to go, I'm very excited for what he could become. Obviously, there is a ton of work that needs to be put into it. He's going to have to grow and to learn and to keep getting better in a ton of aspects, but the raw potential, the way that the team looked at him and really respected him. And even when he made the mistakes, they were picking him up and saying, Hey, it's okay, man. We'll get it next time. Like I said, I thought our football team learned a lot. They grew up a lot in that game, regardless of the outcome. Obviously, we would have loved to get a win, maybe even have scored a field goal, I don't know, a touchdown, something like that, just to get the people going. But overall, Sam, I don't want people to take away from, oh my gosh, we stink, we lost 21 nothing in our bowl game. Let's, let's put things into perspective here. And uh, yeah, I think there is a lot of optimism that should be on the minds of BBN as we head into the off season and into next season. The roster for next season is not 100% firm yet. There's things that are going to take place. Things are going to get shaken out here in the next couple of weeks and months and things of that nature. So we will see where the Kentucky Wildcats are at come that time. But we'll put a bow on this season, Sam, and it wasn't the best one we were looking for. Came into it with a lot of hope and optimism for an SEC championship run, potentially. Ran into a few speed bumps along the way, but overall, another year in another bowl and another winning season for Mark Stoops and company. They will grow and learn from this and get better. Wrapping a bow up on that season, let's transition over to the basketball court, Sam. And Saturday, it was Kentucky and Louisville, and you had Coach John Calipari able to extend his record to 12-3 and against the hated in-state rival Louisville Cardinals as the Wildcats win by a final score of 86-63. to In this game, Sam is exactly what we were talking about before in our previous episode leading up to the U of L game. What an opportunity for this Wildcats basketball team to find their identity and grow up in a rivalry game from an electric in front of an electric crowd at Rupp Arena. And that's exactly what they did. And it was Jacob Toppin, Sam, who stole the show and had a career high 24 points, grabbing seven rebounds and breaking out of his slump. His mid-range game was cooking. He was ultra-aggressive, fought for rebounds, defended at a high level, and made some serious highlight real plays. And Sam, after the game, 
you saw Jacob Toppin take an opportunity to open up and talk about the struggles he has dealt with this season as it pertains to his mental health. This is a man who has felt the weight of the world on his shoulders in the early season struggles compounded with that weight and pressure has negatively affected him, which is why his confidence plummeted and left us all wondering what was going on. And I highlight this because as someone myself who deals with the struggles when it comes to anxiety and depression, I can relate to what Jacob has been going through. It takes a real strong person to admit these things publicly and to work every day to dig yourself out of that hole. And that is exactly what Jacob has done. I, for one, am extremely proud of him and could not be happier for his breakout performance. He truly is such an important piece to this Kentucky basketball team, Sam, and that was on full display on Saturday. Outside of Jacob Toppin, like I said, who stole the show, what impressed you about the Wildcats on Saturday, and were they able to do some of the things that you highlighted, Sam, leading up to the matchup? Yeah, it was a very fun matchup, AJ, and Kentucky takes care of business, obviously, with a 23-point margin victory over the Louisville Cardinals. I think that was a, an enough of a resounding win for me and the rest of Big Blue Nation to know that you know we took care of business. Uh, I know Louisville had their chances at times to close that lead and maybe make the Kentucky Wildcats a little uncomfortable, but every time they showed life, Kentucky did an amazing job of squashing that and going on a run of their own. I think you alluded to it best, but they did a lot of what we talked about, AJ, and what jumps off the page at me other than Jacob Toppin's breakout performance is the energy that we played with, honestly. And it seemed like everyone had almost bought back into what they needed to be doing. I mean, I saw a lot from Severe Wheeler of just being selfless and trying to create for his teammates, AJ. He finishes with, if I'm not mistaken, nine assists and seven points. So he almost has a double-double, AJ. And that's what I love from our point guard. I mean, if you roll the tape, AJ, he constantly was trying to get the ball into a two-man set between Kaysen and Oscar, which I saw a lot of success with. And the only times he wasn't doing that was he's trying to get the same action out of Jacob Toppin and Oscar Sheboy. So I thought it was incredibly impressive of his ability to try to run the offense through him to others to let the offense naturally flow through whoever was the hot hand at the moment. If it was Oscar, if it was Jacob, if it was Kaysen, he was getting the ball into their hands and I thought he was doing a great job at it. So I had to give him a shout out there because that's what you really want to see from your Bob Cousy award finalist point guard. I also have to say what Kaysen Wallace continues to do for this team, AJ, is nothing short of incredible. I mean, he is so efficient, and I kind of pleaded to all of you listeners and you, AJ, in our preview of the Kentucky Wildcats matchup against this Louisville Cardinals team and said if we made one adjustment, we need to start utilizing Kaysen Wallace more. When he's shooting six of eight, AJ, two for four from three, three for four from from the free throw line, 17 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. I mean, he is so efficient, and he impacts 
the game in so many ways. I love to see that his minutes were well over the 30 range. He was up into the 35-plus minute range, AJ. He really was constantly out there for the Kentucky Wildcats. Did he dominate the percentage on offense? No. I think that naturally didn't happen because of the amazing play we got from Jacob Toppin. And I think that's what makes him even more deadly, AJ, because when you get that third person involved that's going to be able to go off for this Kentucky Wildcats team, we talked about it. The sky's the limit. We said before this global game, AJ, we had two players playing at an extremely elite level. Oscar Shibway, who, dare I have to say anything else, 24 points 14 rebounds. Are you kidding me, AJ? He dominated. And Kaysom Wallace. Incepts Jacob Toppin. And, and you said it. What an incredible story. I mean, it was really cool for him to take an opportunity to shed some light on what he's been battling with early in this season. And he deserved it, man. He's been putting in his chips, putting in his annies, day in and day out. Cal talked about it. They did so much in the offseason, so much in this season to this point that he knew that he could keep his confidence and his star and his veteran that he would break through. And what a better time to do it when most people will always remember who stepped up against their arch rival in Louisville Cardinals. I mean, I can list a few off the top of my head, AJ, but that always jumps off the page. And I'm really happy for him that he gets to have that on his resume as a Kentucky Wildcat. But I will say, AJ, I mean, I loved what I saw from those big three from us, and I loved the way we defended. We kept the intensity up all night long. They only finished with 63 points. It's going to be hard for any team to walk up in Rupp Arena and beat this Kentucky Wildcats team with going under 70 points. We're still finding that threshold of the points where you automatically win if you're a Kentucky Wildcats fan, but... I will say, typically, that 70-point range, AJ, is a good comfort zone. If you are defending, it's going to be hard from the opponents to try to combat what Kentucky is able to do offensively, especially when you're able to get the production like we were able to out of Jacob Toppin. But those guys obviously stuck way out to me. We even got some fun minutes out of Damian Collins. I know it was only one big dunk, but... That's what I'm talking about, AJ. I mean, hopefully we can keep tapping into his potential and we can make that grow. I mean, he's got to fight and he's got to earn those minutes. But I'm telling you, AJ, like a, a play like that here and there a couple times a game, sometimes is enough when you need something out of someone to spark your team. I love that he broke through and was at least able to get on the stat sheet. I know he's been struggling as well. I know what he's going through. He deserves another breakout opportunity, but it, it was even fun to just at least be able to say, okay, Damian Collins, welcome back. He got what he needed in a big dunk, but what stood out to you other than Jacob Toppin? Because for me, AJ, 86 points offensively is a lot of what this big Blue Nation fan base has been begging for is just more efficiency. I felt as though we got it. What stood out to you, man? Yeah, I think... Um it would be very easy for someone to say, hey, well, you guys played the Louisville Cardinals in there 2-11 and 11 and don't do a lot of things well and um, all of those sorts of things and try to write it off. But watching the game, Sam, our offensive flow was the best I've seen all season, hands down. You saw the ball swinging from one side of the court to the other to force the defense to move 
And then you saw something, a couple things really develop in this game. And one was the action that they were getting um, between Jacob Toppin and Oscar Sheeway. And we haven't seen any of that all season long, Sam. Um, and we need production from that, whoever's out there on the court from that 3-4 um, spot, whether it's Chris Livingston, Jacob Toppin, if Lance comes in and plays with Oscar. But you saw them working the ball to the wing to Jacob. He was able to get a lot of open shots from there, run the high pick and roll with Oscar Shibway, getting that two-man action going really started to free up some other players and spread that court out and help with the spacing of this team. And I thought John Calipari and his staff did a really good job of, you know, we've kind of monitored this throughout the season, but something we've talked about is when severe Wheeler is up at the top of the key and teams are running that drop coverage on him and going underneath the screen and trying to force him to shoot. Well, it was very clear to me that this team and the coaching staff has been working on ways to combat that. And you saw a much more fluent offense where they were able to get the ball out of Severe's hands, swing it back around. He, he sometimes was able to get the ball back with a better angle to attack the basket or to enter it down low into the post. So you saw some different action there on the offensive side of the ball in which is going to bode really well for the Kentucky Wildcats. Another thing, Sam, the joy and the energy of the players during the game. We talked about it before, and you know when you come out and you get up to a nice lead and you force Louisville to call a timeout and the crowd's going crazy, and you know sometimes it's just a little something like that to get them going. And you you saw the players feed off of that energy all game, Sam. This was the first game in a while where you had some splash plays by the Kentucky offense, throwing it up for the lob, getting out in transition, hitting these shots and dunks and things of that nature that really ignite the crowd and get them going. And I know I've talked about him a ton, but I just can't say enough about Jacob Toppin. And there's one play in particular. Shot goes up. It's mid. Or, yeah, I think it was um, Shibway got the ball off an offensive rebound and he went to go put it back up and he missed it and the ball bounced off the rim and Toppin came screaming in from the three-point line, jumped up, grabbed it, and just slammed that thing down. And that kind of showed me what this team was about on Saturday. And it was, we're not backing down from you. We're taking it straight at you. And anytime you even get, you think you get even close to us, we're going to slam the door on you and just, and, you know, dog walk you out our building. And that's exactly what they did to the Louisville Cardinals. So I think you're going to see the confidence building within this unit. And these players saw a lot of good things. And then Sam defensively, I'll touch on, I thought we did a really good job. You know, Louisville made some tough shots. They got some baskets, but you forced them into a lot of late shot clock work forced them into those violations a few times, really got got up in them, forced things to be tough. And it's very clear and obvious that the Louisville Cardinals aren't at the same level as these Kentucky Wildcats, but still a lot to take away from the game, Sam. And if you think about it, I know I, a lot of people will just take it for granted, right? Oh yeah, we, we were supposed to kill them. We were supposed to run them out of the gym. I get it. But with a rivalry game like that, and we talked about it before, with, with, the, with, with the struggles of the Kentucky Wildcats, 
it wouldn't have surprised me or you for Louisville to fight and claw and keep that game close till the end if Kentucky didn't do some of the things that we had talked about and and they did them all and just a complete turnaround from the Missouri game to the U of L game looked like a completely different basketball team. So a lot of good things on there. We got Jacob top top and going like we talked about at length. You talked about before the episode getting Case and Wallace more involved on the offensive end, which definitely happened during the game. We were able to find ways to get Shibway the ball down low. We were able to get open looks from three. So I think you saw a much more cohesive unit out there, which should bode well as we gear up for this SEC run, Sam. And I'll give you an opportunity if there was anything else you wanted to touch on with the U of L game. If not, throw it back to me, and we'll uh, we'll get this preview kicked off as the Kentucky Wildcats look to get a second straight win at Rupp Arena as they host the LSU Tigers. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the only last couple of considerations is going off of what you were saying. I mean, the ball movement offensively was superior to any performance we had put up to this date, AJ. I mean, it was it was smooth majority of the time where we were rotating the ball, we were giving that extra pass, and we were giving up good looks for great looks. There was times where Jacob Toppin or Antonio Reeves Severe Wheeler would find themselves wide open for three. They did not settle, but they rotated the ball again, and they found an attack angle for either A, a drive to the basket, or B, a easy entry pass into Oscar Shibway. I mean, the amount of times we got the ball into Shibway in the low post and all he had to do was take a dribble or one quick move and he was able to score at the basket was very impressive. And that's what we continue to need to improve on as we play more stout defenses as we hop into the thick of conference play, AJ. I think the only last consideration that I want us to keep in our minds as we move towards this LSU game tomorrow night is the Kentucky Wildcats only finished with four three-pointers made against the Louisville Cardinals, AJ. They shoot just over 30% from three-point land. I think that's another area of opportunity where the Kentucky Wildcats can continue to improve upon. What I will have to say to combat that, though, is what I was just saying. I mean, we gave up good looks from three for great looks, AJ. And me personally, I don't know about you, I will take that all night long. We only shot the ball from three-point range 13 times. We only connect on four of them. Hopefully that efficiency can go up and we can climb into the 40-plus range, AJ. But I will say hopefully that's something that we continue to improve upon. Obviously, we lose C.J. Frederick with a jammed finger it sounds like he's going to be out for multiple weeks as they monitor the condition of his finger aj me and you kind of talked about it but we wish cj all the best and i hope he can get healthy because we are going to need him down the stretch aj if we want to win a lot of basketball games this year we need that kid to continue to step up and we need him to come back healthy however in the time being with everything that the wildcats are trying to figure out I think there's no reason to hit a panic button without C.J. Frederick for the time being, A.J., because I think this gives an opportunity for the rest of the rotation to close in. We'll find that six to eight-ish man roster, and we'll roll with it, and hopefully this gives an opportunity for guys like Antonio Reeves to step up and get more shots and more looks throughout the game, A.J., because 
you and I both know it, another key player is Antonio Reeves, and we've got to get him going, and we've got to find opportunities to set him free to get good looks. And I think this poses a unique opportunity to take a couple of weeks and really hone in on that opportunity because otherwise you got two guys fighting for minutes and opportunities and looks, and now this kind of frees up some space for Antonio Reeves to really shine. So that's something to keep our eyes on, especially as we head into this LSU game. Appreciate that insight, Sam. And like you just said, we will look ahead to this matchup with the LSU Tigers. And Sam, when you look at this LSU Tigers team, they're very similar and in a similar position to Kentucky's first SEC opponent in the Missouri Tigers. They are just like them because they too have a brand new first year head coach under the helm in Matt McMahon, who came over after coaching the Murray State Racers for the previous seven seasons. Just like Mizzou as well, this team is littered with transfers that decided to come to LSU this season. They have a ton of new faces all in one place. And again, just like the Missouri Tigers, they have started this season 12-1. Their only loss this season was back on November 23rd when they fell 61-59 to a top 50-ranked Kansas State team on a neutral court. And in their most recent outing, the LSU Tigers were able to take down number 9 Arkansas in Baton Rouge in their SEC opener. They will head into Lexington with a lot of confidence, and this game is another opportunity to secure a good conference win for both teams. Sam, for those unfamiliar with the LSU Tigers and their new team, can you give us some insight into their style of play, what has helped them be so successful this season, and what we should expect to see from K.J. Williams, Adam Miller, Justice Hill, and the rest of these scrappy Tigers against the Wildcats? Yeah, I mean, you bring up the the absolute right names, A.J., um, the ones that jump off the page is K.J. Williams, that's for sure. First-year coach Matt McMahon is coming in previously as a dominating coach within the NCAA. He previously coached, if you've ever heard of him, John Morant. And he is coming in with a lot of fresh new faces alongside him, much like the Missouri Tigers that we faced not too long ago, AJ. So I'm glad that you made that comparison. He brings in, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 10 total new players, AJ, that come from ways of the transfer portal. He brings three of his former Missouri, Murray State, sorry, Murray State players alongside him. One of which is that name you just brought up, K.J. Williams, A.J. This kid last year for Murray State averaged 18 points, 8 rebounds in their undefeated OVC championship year, A.J. I mean, this kid is really putting up numbers this year. He currently is at the second highest scoring player in the SEC this far in the season, A.J. And he's supported much by their his point guard, Justice Hill, I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, other than Severe Wheeler to this point, AJ, he's been one of the best point guards as far as facilitating the basketball and making sure that his 
high-powered offense is getting into the right hands like K.J. Williams, A.J. So that's definitely going to be an intriguing matchup between Severe Wheeler and Justice Hill. Justice Hill is only six foot AJ, so it actually poses finally a relatively unique opportunity for Severe Wheeler to not have to be kind of hidden and blanketed by this Kentucky Wildcats defense. We can kind of play him in unique scenarios where, um, you know, everything we can do, we can kind of switch because he's not going to be in very unforeseen circumstances so that's going to pose well for the Kentucky Wildcats for once where he is not guarding a 6'5", 6'6", 6'8", point guard AJ like we have in the past so that's exciting for me they're well coached they like to run they don't necessarily score a ton AJ they're averaging just a mere 72 points a game which is under the Kentucky Wildcats 79 points thus far in the season AJ so Look for the Kentucky Wildcats to really improve upon last game's high defense efficiency performance. They are going to turn up the momentum. They are going to turn up the heat against this LSU team, AJ. I will be interested to see who KJ Williams is guarded by. I think it's an awesome opportunity for Jacob Toppin to really keep the momentum going from last game and have him step up again and shut down K.J. Williams because K.J. sits at, if I'm not mistaken, 6'10". That poses well for Jacob Toppin to try to guard him and then free up some energy and time for Oscar Shibway down on the offensive end for him to really go to work, A.J., because that's where I wanted to take it next is other than K.J. Williams, I'm not sure LSU is all too confident and any one man's performance down low for them. So that's kind of where I wanted to take it with you. Do you think this is a type of game where we have to get Oscar Shibway going early and rely on him throughout the rest of the night? Or do you see a more advantageous advantage for the Kentucky Wildcats to be able to come away with their first SEC victory in Rupp Arena this season? Yeah, so Sam, after watching the LSU Tigers play this year, I think your assessment of of what they've done up to this point and, and what to expect from them is pretty spot on. And let's start, um, I will answer your question, but let's start where you started, and that's with um, kind of this LSU in, in the offense that they're going to be running and, and how they want to get out and score points. And we touched on a couple guys, Sam, you, you talked about them, KJ Williams. And I love that you brought up that matchup because the first thing that I saw when you look at KJ Williams is he's he's ten, or I'm sorry, he's six foot ten, <laughs> and up to this point, Sam, he's already shot fifty one three pointers in thirteen games, and we've seen at times where Oscar Shibway has guarded some big men, and he's been reluctant to get out to the three point line and get a hand up and cover them. So it will be really interesting to see how the Kentucky Wildcats try to attack them and cover them because I think if KJ is closer to the basket, you're going to want Oscar battling with them down low, but you don't know how he's going to handle that speed and quickness from KJ and the three-point shot up at the top of the key. So it will be interesting. I think it's going to need to be an entire team defense effort. The first man may get beat. That's okay. But the one thing I do know is you just can't leave him out there 
just because he's the center and think he's not going to shoot because he's going to shoot Sam and, and he's a pretty good three point shooter nonetheless. So he's a guy who can really get going and get dangerous. So we're going to have to have eyes and hands on him at all time. And then, you know, they have another player, Sam, that some people may be familiar with, and that's Adam Miller. He's a guard who transferred in from Illinois, a very solid player. Okay. He's, he's not, the most he's not the best player out there he's not the worst player out there but he is a solid basketball player he played for illinois a lot of minutes in some really big time games so he comes over he's having an immediate impact on this team can score the ball can dish the ball kind of can do it all so look for him he can get get hot at times as well and then you just think back to their their most previous game they played against Arkansas, Sam. They have another guard that I haven't even mentioned about, and that's Trey Hannibal. And and you watch this kid play, Sam, and he's a strong and physical guard. He can attack the basket like not many guys in college basketball can. And the way he can finish around the rim and get to the rim and put it up and make it at weird angles is second to none in college basketball. And so I think... Cason Wallace is going to have times during the game where he's really going to have to shut that kid's lanes to the basket down and, and make him rely more on his shot because that's not what he's best at. So look for Trey Hannibal to try to be driving and, and create action towards the basket. One or two more guys I'll mention real quick, and that's Cam Hayes and Derek Fountain. These guys both shoot over 40% from three on the year. This isn't a team that necessarily in the LSU Tigers is going to shoot a ton of threes, but at the end of the day, they do shoot a pretty good percentage. They have a couple guys who can get hot at any time and are able to take over a game. So going to have to lock in defensively, Sam. Like you said, they're not a team that goes out there and scores a ton of points, but they play good defense, and most nights they don't have to go out there and score 80-plus points to win a game. They can score 65 to 75 points or so and be able to come away with the victory. So they can do a lot of good things on offense. It's going to have to be a team team effort again. We'll keep going back to this, the rebounding. I'll say it every game. we got to lock in on the defensive rebounds. Get up there. Secure the rebound with two hands. Do not give them the second chance opportunities. And don't be afraid to foul. You look at the Kentucky Wildcats, we're not a good free throw shooting team. This LSU Tigers team might be even worse. So do not be afraid to foul them. Put them on the line. But foul them. Don't give them the little ticky-tack and let them get the and one. Hit them hard, knock them down, make them go to the line, and earn those two free throws. So, Sam, that's what I'm looking at on the defensive side of the ball for the Kentucky Wildcats and how to slow down these LSU Tigers. When we flip it over and we look at the Kentucky offense, it's a lot of the same things that we saw in the U of L game. There might be some wrinkles here and there to attack this LSU defense, but a lot of it is building upon what we just saw. And from what I've seen from the LSU Tigers, let me show or let me describe to you how I think we should attack them because this is an LSU defense, Sam. Think about this they've played 13 games, right? Only three teams out of those 13 games have scored more than 70 points on them. Only three games out of those. They make you fight on every possession. They are going to fight on every possession on the defensive side of the ball. 
they defend the three-point line at a very high level. They love to get out and get in your face and limit the three-point shots. So what does that mean for us, Sam? And I saw it in the Arkansas game. Arkansas struggled at times to score, but that was more of a... I thought it was a lack of them focusing on the things that were working and, and not playing their game because what was working was when they were able to move the ball around and kick it out for three, the shot fake. And the shot fake is something that does not get used in basketball enough, Sam. Fake the three-pointer. They're going to leave their feet, and then you can attack the basket. Look to get into that middle area of the paint. Look for the lob to the big man. You can shoot the floater, or at that point, you can then rotate it to somebody else who's on the three-point line. But being able to use those shot fakes, they are going to close out hard on these three-point shots. So use those shot fakes. Move the ball around. They're a team... You said it, Sam. They're vulnerable inside, okay? K.J. Williams is their biggest guy. Even him, he's going to have a tough time banging bodies down there with Oscar Shibway. So a lot of it, Sam, and you saw this much better in the U L game, and you alluded to it, getting him the ball in deeper position. Don't get him the ball seven, eight feet from the basket. You get him two to five feet from the basket, Sam. He's unguardable. He makes one turn a shimmy, a left, right, spin off. It doesn't matter. He feels it and he's got it and boom, he's up and, and it's in. So being able to get that the ball down into Oscar Shibway, establishing him, working from the inside out, I think is a very good way to play this. And then Sam, LSU, they will go to a zone at times. They like to play zone. And what did we do? We absolutely shredded Louisville zone. And how did we do it? We used Jacob Toppin as the guy to get him the ball at the top of uh, or at the high post, right? We worked the ball around. We entered it into him. And when he catches and turns and faces at that high post, Sam, he's almost unguardable at that point. He can shoot the jump shot right there. From that position, I'd feel comfortable as an almost a 90% jump shooter from that spot. He can attack it and kick it. He can look for the lob. He can throw it down to Shibwe. You, you saw them work in that game. Louisville, they tried to run the zone. It just didn't really work. We were able to really get that ball into the areas in which we want to get in to make our offense very success, successful when you're thinking about breaking down a zone. So if they want to give us that look on Tuesday night, Sam, that's fine. I think we've figured out what we need to do as far as how to break a zone, and we are going to get good shots off of that. So pay attention to see if they go to a zone at any point, and you'll see if Jacob Toppin is on the court. If not, it'll be somebody else, but look for them to get that ball into the high post, turn and face from that position, and then at that point you can make the you force the defense to decide who they want to cover when they decide that you give it to the other one if they don't want to come out and contest you you shoot the jumper or you attack the basket so those are some things that I'm looking for within the Kentucky game plan to come away with the victory getting the ball in low the shot fakes from out low, from the three point line attacking the basket and then Sam offensive rebounds attack the glass you saw it last game in the louisville game it was more than just shibway it was multiple guys attacking the glass 
we should have a rebounding advantage. I'd like to see the Kentucky Wildcats out-rebound LSU by 10-plus points or 10-plus rebounds, right? If we can do that, I don't think they have any shot. So, you know, I think we have a – like I stated earlier, I think we have a really good opportunity to pick up a quality win. You're looking at a team, like I said, who's only lost one game all year. They have a top-10 win. They've only lost one game to a good team, so they have no bad losses on their resume. This is a good win in conference play. And when we look back, Sam, at the LSU Tigers and the Kentucky Wildcats over the years, you know what you're in for. It's going to be a bloodbath. I don't care who the coach is on their side and who the coach is on our side. It's always a war in these games, and you know LSU historically is a gritty group who's going to get after you on the defensive side of the ball, try to force turnovers, and get out there and push it and let their athletes really shine. So that's what I'm looking for. I think that's what, you know, if we can do those things on offense, Sam, lock in on the defensive side and limit what LSU gets out in the transition game, we should be able to come away with a victory on our own home court. But The physicality needs to be matched. You know it's coming from them. You can't back away from it. You have to be the aggressor. You have to be the one who takes it to them. Continue to use that crowd to your advantage. Help yourselves. Get the crowd involved. Get it rocking. And take out these LSU Tigers. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great opportunity to get a quality win against this LSU Tigers team that is rolling. They're on a seven-game win streak, AJ, with obviously you mentioning their best win of the season coming from the previous win, AJ, right before the break. We've turned the page. It's 2023. It's time to show that we're a new Wildcats team. We're building off of our previous win against Louisville, and we're ready to rock this year, AJ, because there's no bigger game on our schedule than the next one we play. And we have to have that mentality from here on out, AJ, because we have to gather some quality wins in SEC play, and it starts tomorrow night at home against this LSU team. I think you said it best, AJ. This team has the ability to knock down some shots. They've got some good shooters, and they're able to stretch the floor with KJ because he's able, as a 6'10 forward, be able to play the perimeter and shoot a lot of threes. We need to defend, and like you said, rebound and get those rebounds and get out and freaking run. We did a much better job of that against Louisville, and that helped us with our ability to where we weren't, if we weren't able to score and transition, AJ, we were able to get into our sets earlier, and we were able to go through more progressions of our offense. That's why you were able to see Severe Wheeler start with the ball, move out of it, get Oscar, get Jacob, get Kaysen involved, and then if nothing works, rotate it back and let's get a new angle and try to attack their offense at a different angle. And we were actually able to get into those sets because we were sprinting down the court and we were trying to score in transition. We have to keep this team honest by getting out and being who we are. Don't play out of pace and out of practice, AJ, because this is a team in LSU that's physical and they like to first force turnovers. They're averaging... 8.5 steals a game. That's not even to say how many turnovers their opponents are averaging per game, AJ. So this is a team where we have to take care of the ball and and honor our possessions, just like we did against Louisville, AJ. But we have to honor every single possession because they are going to matter down the stretch. Look at that turnover margin. Look at the rebound margin. And I honestly can say if you win those two battles, AJ, nine times out of ten, you are probably going to walk out 
of Rupp Arena with a good quality W. Let's turn the page and let's start the new year on a high note with a big win for this Kentucky Wildcats team. Yes, sir, Sam. We love it. And a good chance to have two home games in a row. You know these games are going to get tougher as you go on the road. So hopefully the Kentucky Wildcats can grab their first SEC win as they take on the LSU Tigers. And Sam, that's all we have for tonight. We're going to wrap things up and get out of here. Appreciate your time tonight. Just a quick reminder for all of the listeners now out there, you can follow us on social media. Sam is at SamBrad66 on Twitter. You can follow me there as well, at Andrew underscore J Bradley. And more importantly, you can follow the podcast at AO Kentucky Pod. Full disclosure, before we get out of here, I know I said a couple of weeks ago we have some things in the works to bring to you guys to up the game here at the AO Kentucky Pod. I personally am in the process of moving, and it is hell. So once I get done with this process, which should be very soon, I should have my office up and running. We'll be able to get these things into motion and have some fun as we come into this 2023 year. Hopefully the Kentucky Wildcats can turn the page like we talked about, start to stack some good wins on top of each other going into this SEC play. Again, Sam, I appreciate your time tonight. Appreciate everybody tuning in and listening If you've been here from the beginning, or if this is your first time, like the podcast, share the podcast, write us a review, send it to your friends. Let's help grow this thing. Have a good night, Sam, and go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. O-C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.